Hi, and welcome to TrailerCast Podcast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and excited to be here, grateful to be here with you. Um, today we're going to do, I'm going to tell you a couple stories, and then I'm going to bring them all together at the end. But um, there's, two, there's two stories, two things that recently popped up for me, kind of like the way you would uh, remember that person's name you were searching for, like after the conversation was over. You know that moment like when you're like, ah, what is that person's name? And then later you're like, oh my gosh, of course, of course it was Betsy um, or whoever, right? And so I had two stories uh, come up to me that way this week where I was like, oh my gosh, I'd forgotten about that. And I'm so glad I remembered. And so the first story I want to tell you about is about my daughter, uh, Eden. So Eden is five and a half and she is in that like perfect little girl stage where everything is possible and magical, uh, where I'm still good. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's still, we're a real cool sweet spot. And also in that whimsical imaginal age where you think about changing your name. So for me, when I was little, I wanted to change my name to Lisa Frank, as in the Lisa Frank, queen of the 90s, rainbows, unicorns, hearts, glitter. I Nobody could say my name growing up. Every substitute, people couldn't get it right. And so Elise felt too weird, but uh, Lisa Frank felt like a real easy grab for me. And I would call myself Lisa in my own journal. Like I was like, that will be my new identity. I'm going to be Lisa Frank now. And so I was talking to Eden one night and we're actually putting her to bed. So we're in, we're in a room and she's talking to me about her day. And then all of a sudden she turns and she looks at me and she goes, mom. And I was like, <laughs> yes. She said, I would like you I'd like my name to be Snowflake. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. Um, I can call you Snowflake. No problem. And she goes, no, Mom. Not just you. The whole world. And I was like, <laughs> whoa. Not just you. The whole world world. I want the whole world to know that I am snowflake. <laughs> it was this um, moment where I could see that she knew for one, that the world, our world existed beyond our intimate knowing of each other and also how far identity stretches, reaches, right? Like it's not just enough that my mom might call me my, my secret name. I want the world to know me by snowflake. I love the certainty in her identity. I love the powerful clarity when it comes to how she wants to be known, not just in her family, but to the whole world. (laughs) The other moment for me was I, um, okay, so typically on the eve of a decade I'm leaving, okay, so like, I'm turning 10, turning 11, 19, turning 20, right? Get it? 29, turning 30. When I'm leaving a decade behind, um, I usually want to do something kind of big to honor that big old transition. So 19, turning 20, 
I decided that I wanted to go skydiving. I'm in college and it's like the obvious selection. <laughs> so skydiving, if you haven't been, is what you imagine. It's, it's a bit crazy. It's a free fall. It's an adrenaline rush. Um, it's literally crazy because you have to go against every single one of your instincts, which tells you do not jump out of the plane. So it's, um, it's loud, right? Because when you finally even jump, the plane door opens and it's like this rush of noise, like a roar of wind that is pushing you against your ears and your face and your hair and everything is just gets crazy. It's the energy turns up really fast as soon as that plane door opens. And so you get on a plane, if you haven't been, you get on the plane, you put on that cool one piece suit and you sit down on the plane the way you would, right? Like you're like, oh yeah, I've done this part. And so all of that feels normal. The ascension, the getting there, the prep feels like, all right. And yet at the same time, like I'm in my brain thinking, okay, like I'm really going to do this. Like, like at some point they're going to open the door and I'm, I'm getting out <laughs> while we're way up in the air. And so this, I was up in Santa Barbara because I was in college and we get up to 13,000 feet and I think Lance was the name of my instructor. And he is like one of those guys that's like still like 24 at heart, like in a 54 year old body. So he's like, like you can tell like this is his life. He's like adrenaline Lance man. Like he is here. He is here for the rush. He is here to give me a rush. Like this is his life's work is being this uh, skydiving instructor. And so he is so pumped up and getting everyone pumped up. I'm kind of like, dude, I don't even need your pump up right now because I'm about to jump out of a plane. So Lance and I go to 13,000 feet. He hooks me onto the front of him because the first time skydiving, you don't jump out alone. Thank God. Um, there's somebody that's, that's with you. And so it's that moment. He looks at me and I'm just kind of like, dude, let's just do this thing. Let's do this thing. So we, the, the doors open and like all of a sudden it's like, whoosh and the rush of air. And we, he is moving me closer to the edge where it's time to jump out and does this like one, two, three, like, um, shaka <laughs> sign cowabunga and flips us out of this plane. And it's everything that you think it's going to be. It's crazy. It's, it's windy. It's loud. It's a lot. It's, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And, and, and it's the pressure of the wind as it's pushing you against you with everything it has your, and yet you're defying gravity. You're going so fast, rushing, falling as fast as, as possible. And it's crazy. And it's why we go, right? But the thing I didn't anticipate with skydiving was what happened next. At a certain point, you have to pull the chute. And so Lance pulls the ripcord and everything changes. All of a sudden, it is the most peaceful, quiet, it's, it's floating. It's the way, um, I don't know how to describe it. If you, if you've, if you've been, you know, if you haven't, it's, um, it's soundless. It is so startling how still everything is 
when the falling is over, when it's just float. And I, 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 yeah. it almost feels like being, it's like when you blow on a dandelion, you, you make your wish, like one of those little spores that floats away. That is what the, the that's what I imagine um, becoming one of those. And this is what it would feel like just floating so slowly in such radical, shocking, quiet. It's startling, like a whoa. I did not know that was coming. I didn't see that. And it's it's so clear and you can see so far and so much and an ocean and mountain and the edge and all the people and, and everything that's going on down there. And you're, you're above it all. It was that moment. That was the moment for me in that skydiving adventure that stole my heart for sure. And what I want you to maybe hold today or, or run through or play with or write about or um, take it into your own story, dream about it, is this. There are times in our life where something happens that provides us such clarity, it's startling. Sometimes these moments of shocking silence or intense slowing down come to us by way of grief, um, by way of trauma, by way of something so insane happening that you can't stop but notice that I was, I was falling and now I'm floating. I was living and now I'm grieving. He was alive and now he's dead. We were together and now we're not. I had that job and then I didn't. We lived here and now we don't. I was married and now I'm not. Uh, do you know? Take all those moments, the moments where I thought it was going one way and, and, and now this. Search your story for a moment. What emerges for you instantly? Where you thought your life was going to be one thing, and then it instantly it's something different. There's moments for me that surface for sure. Um, nominally death. Death comes up for me right away. Um, I thought I would have my forever with my brother. I thought we would live together and have our ice cream shop together. I thought um, he would be Uncle Chase. I thought I'd get to squish his kiddo's cheeks. I thought I'd get to stand really proud on his wedding day. And I thought we would grow old together and have really embarrassing dance moves. And And I thought all of those things were going to happen, and then they they all didn't. It's shocking, the clarity, the ripcord that's pulled on life when all of a sudden it's, it's this and now it's that. These moments where we kind of collide with life or destiny or fate or plan or whatever and however you conceive of it, where all of a sudden things become exceptionally clear. And we have this, this moment where everything reconfigures. Our circumstances, and really, if we burrow down even further, our identity, who I am. The who I am 
in connection to what has just happened. What is the circumstance? Who is the gift? The choice, the power, the thing I actually get to decide on in a life of things that I didn't get to decide on. Didn't get to choose my parents, didn't get to choose their divorce, didn't get to choose their illness, didn't get to choose their addiction, get to choose myself in relationship to what has been. Didn't get to choose my brother dying, do get to choose my grief and what that looks like and who I become as a result of that. I am who I say I am. I am who I say I am. That's, that's the gift on the other side of the thing that you're facing. A moment of such shocking clarity. No mystery, no more wonder, no more confusion. Dark black and white clarity. I am who I say I am. I am Snowflake. <laughs> I am Lisa Frank. I am Elise. I am myself. And I want the whole world to know. That is what is afforded to us in these moments of collision. This identity that kind of pushes through from the other side this um I keep thinking of it right now like you know the po- I don't know if you have kids but um those poppets they're these like little fidgety um sensory things that all the kids have and you push this silicone bubble basically through to the other side and I feel like that is what the process of becoming oneself feels like like um cosmically there that we're pushing something through in from the other side like I was concave and now I'm convex. I was this and now I'm that. And and something just pushed through or clicked into place for me where I know who I am. And I am who I say I am. And you, where you come into this, is not in spite of or in light of the circumstances, but right in the center of everything that you have experienced, every unexpected moment, everything that you were sure was going to go left that is now right, right smack dab in the intersection on the crossroads is a moment where you actually push through into yourself. You are who you say you are. No one defines our, our, our identity least of all to us, to ourself. I want, I'm going to say it again because I want you to hear it again and I want you to know this in your core and notice where you don't. Notice where in your body you have a question mark. You are who you say you are. No one has a right to story you or to lay their trauma, pain, problem, dysfunction upon you. You are who you say you are. Everything else is story. I am who I say I am. 
and everything else is story. So who do we want to be? How do you want to be known? Not just to your mama, but to the whole world. How do you want to be known? Who are you and who do you say you are? What has been being pushed through your life experiences into you, into who you are, where it feels like brokenness, where it feels like breaking? What do you know now about yourself to be true? I know on the other side of pain and loss, my own, the, the sturdiness or solid, solidness of my container. I, I believe, not because I want to, but because I've known it in my bones, the depth of what I am able to endure because I've had to, and now I get to choose that strength. That is what makes me who I am. I could, and this is in my family line as well, choose the problem, choose the symptom, choose the addiction, choose the pain, the widow, the divorcee, the, the person who things always go wrong for. Like those are all options too. But I choose the person who is still here, the person who survived, the person who lives the daughter who actually got out of the dysfunctional family system and married a good man, the mom who is learning how to do it differently because I can, because I say who I am. I am mama. I am mama bear. And I choose. I am person who has survived And I don't label myself by the things I have survived, but the gift right at the center, which is the identity that I welcome to be pushed through from the other side into the core of who I am in my thinking, in my acting, in my knowing, in my true lived experiences and the relationships I build and the jobs I choose to have and the way that I conduct myself privately, personally, professionally, publicly, socially, wherever, however, whenever I am who I say I am. You are who you say you are. What are you telling people? What are you telling yourself? What do you sound like? How are you known? Where is the invitation for you to identify the things in which you label yourself or keep yourself somewhere? And what else or who else with is ready for you to label and come into the fullness of your identity to be known totally in your essence as you are. It is ironically so much easier just to be yourself. (laughs) It is so much, I am so relieved that I don't have to live a life out of brokenness, pain and suffering and trauma through a lot of help, through a lot of support, through a ton of therapy, through, um, through restorative relationships, 
through people who have seen me as I am and also invited that forward through a ton of time alone, through journaling, through the ocean, through my children, through my partner, through my team at Radical Wellness, letting me become myself every day. All of our experiences become gift to us when we are in that seat of learning how to become our own story and our own self and that any other story about us or to us or around us, the one we were born into, can't even stand in the light of who we are. And so who are you outside of the story you were born into out of uh, the last name you were given or the first name? Who are you? Who do you want to be? Who do you get to be? What does it sound like for you to, to think about exploring this? Terrifying, bizarre, fuck yeah. Like what's the response, right? Notice it. My ongoing and continual invitation or prompt challenge encouragement to you is to take this into what you already know. Consider this. Think about this. Write about it. Talk about it. Think about it with a friend. Take it to your therapist. What, who, what is becoming in you and who do you say you are? Okay. I hope you hear uh, these stories not just with your rational mind, but with your irrational imagination, uh, with the healing energy for you to take in truth wherever and whenever you need to, and that the rest would just uh, float away. As always, if you have questions or thoughts, comments, want to know more, uh, want to do some work on your own story, I'd love to hear from you. I founded Radical Wellness Collaborative, a team of radical women in their own work and in their brilliance on a team that is dedicated to serving people just like you, regular people that want to take some time to push into their story so that way we get to choose the pattern going forward. We pivot, we say, I'm going that way now. I am who I say I am and I'm going that way. You can see everything at elisesnipes.com or go directly to radicalwellness.co. I hope that you have um, a powerful a powerful week, whether that comes through disorientation or something going your way or synchronicity or getting what you want or what you don't want, but may everything work towards your good and towards your center becoming so exceptionally clear. Cheers. <laughs>